criminals are a superstitious and cowardly lot. So my disguise must be able to strike terror in their hearts. Because we're talking movies, we're talking The Batman. Starring Robert Pattinson, Zoe Kravitz, and Jeffrey Wright. Written by Peter Craig and Matt Reeves, who also directed the film. Riddle me this. The less of them you have, the more one is worth. Are those friends? <laughs> what the hell is this? Good cop? Batshit cop? Hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of How'd You Like That Movie? Tonight, we're talking about The Batman. Not Batman, not The Dark Knight, The Batman from 2022. Uh, Scott, I feel like this is going to be kind of up your lane or up your belfry or, I don't know, some type of bat metaphor. Uh, So why don't you uh, take us away? Take us away. That's not even what a bat sounds like. So anyway, take us away. think we should just stop i know we should just stop right now (laughs) and just be like all right (laughs) we're just calling this one (laughs) we're done quickest episode ever one and done that's what she said (laughs) oh well in terms of film like first uh, i know i said this to you last week off the air but i'll say it to you again this week how handsome i am you did say that props to you for you know working your regular three to 11 or three to midnight and then going to watch this movie (laughs) after like i'll I'll be honest i i was not aware it was three hours long when i went to the movies so some of that was just stupidity on my part (laughs) yes which is part for the course (laughs) yes i was gonna say nothing's changed (laughs) but yeah like in terms of film now i'm sure we'll get into the how does this rate towards your Nolan, right? Because mm-hmm. this, if if anything, this one episode, if anybody is going to get drunk off of hearing the word Nolan or Tarantino <laughs> or something like that, I'm sure Christopher Tarantino. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you're you're you got this going. Um, in terms of film, just general first impression, um, I did enjoy it and. You know, I didn't really go in with much expectation on it. Um, And luckily going in early, just like a week after, I made sure I was off enough that any spoilers or even any reviews about the film, like wasn't coming to me. So I wanted to judge it based off of just first impression and you know, I'm I'm sure like most people hearing that, you know, the Twilight guy was going to be Batman. I, I wasn't expecting much, but I think I think he did a really good job um, playing the bat. Uh, yeah, let's 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 talk about uh, Robert Patterson. Uh, he's I mean, since yes, yes, he did the Twilight movies. That was his kind of made a fucking shit ton of money. Uh, but he worked on Tenant, which was by. Christopher Nolan. Uh, he did The Lighthouse with... So I, I got a question about... So The Lighthouse has Robert Pattinson, who plays the Batman, and it has William Defoe who plays the Green Goblin. So does The Lighthouse technically count as like a crossover of two cinematic universes or what? Huh? Look at that. I did like a comic book joke. 
you know, you could have just gone with like Andy Serkis who played Alfred in this film and played Claw in the Marvel Universe. And ooh, there you go, right? Come on, that is some fucking next level nerd shit. Like there is no... Just like when no, you that's just a like quick well, IMDb search. Just like when we were <laughs> doing our our Oscar show, and I was crazy, like, "Did you watch this international film?" And you're like, "What? Do I look like that guy? Is there a? There's no way I'm gonna know who the Claw was, Captain Claw." Oh, or I, I just figured, you know, you would have done an IMDb search on the actors of this film. Well, I mean, he also played Gollum in Lord of the Rings, so you can have like a whole fucking trifecta and fought, and piss off a lot of my like, geek culture. <laughs> Uh, he was also in The Devil All the Time, and, which is also great, and The King. Um, uh, that's Robert Patterson, not Andy Serkis. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yes, yes. We're going back to Robert Patterson. Um, okay, so you you did like him. Yeah, I think I thought he did very well. And back to your little Nolan thing. Do you know he auditioned for this role while in uh, pre-production for Tenet? Yeah, didn't he have to sneak out? Yeah, and, and then and Nolan the found out. I think right. It, so. Well, the minute he said like, "Oh, I have to go somewhere" or something like that, I guess Nolan made the comment like, "You're gonna go audition for the bat, aren't you?" He's like, "No, man, and I'm then, just going to see a man about a, a horse over here." Yeah. Uh, so okay, so I mean, let's be honest. The Batman is is essentially he's they're two different people. They can be two characters. There's Bruce Wayne and there's the Batman. So mm-hmm. first off, did he pull off the Batman component? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, you. Oh, we'll we'll get to what I think about this stuff. Uh, and what about? Oh, <laughs> I can love the drama, the suspense. <laughs> da, da, da. Eh? Tune in next week, uh, or the and- two the two hour monologue about fuck comic book movies. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's my own podcast. What did you uh, What did you think of him as Bruce Wayne? Um, to be honest, right, like. I know everybody's saying like, oh, he pulled off both, right? Okay. But I I really don't know. And like name one actor, really, like, or not one actor, but base one film that you've really seen the Bruce Wayne component. Well, right? you, what, always... you don't think Michael, you don't think Michael Keaton? There's more no. of it. Uh, well, thing, even with Keaton, like how long was he Batman? How long? Like in terms of film wise, yeah, it's yeah, usually yeah. a 70 30 or 80 20 split, right? Like seriously, it's not called the Bruce Wayne movie. It's not a film about Bruce Wayne. So I don't know, like what do you, where are you going with this? No, what I, what I'm saying, like in terms of the closest component to having an actor actually play the duality, in my opinion. Uh, one was Affleck and Batman versus Superman because the Batman component came more closer to the end. So you saw a lot more of the playboy Bruce Wayne. And the other one is obviously Bale, right? And I think, see, like, uh, it was what, Dark Knight Rises is when he pulls up in the Lamborghini with the, with the ladies. And then no, no, just, no, like... no, that's in Dark Knight. That's not in um, Dark Knight Rises. That's because he like rolls up. And then he gets and then out. goes into the pool. Yeah, yeah, and stuff yeah. Like and that. then he's, then he's like, like "I own the hotel," or he buys the hotel, or whatever, right? Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So, in turn, yeah, in terms of that, but I'll say this: in terms of this interpretation of the Batman, we actually got to see a lot more of you know his whole Batman nickname of being the world's greatest detective. We actually got to see the detective work 
like following the clues and everything like that as opposed to just you know punching and kicking and then well, you know, or, or technology right like oh i have this thing and it finds all this information for me so we're good like you said we're we're not actually doing like police work uh i'm just rich and i own a bunch of like really high-end military grade equipment yeah that's that was the fucking dream yeah uh so i think i think i think robert pattison did a did a fine job with his acting uh this script is super fucking lacking um so this is gonna feed into like one of my quotes here so uh johnny olinsky from the new york post there's an unshakable feeling here of what's the point not to mention the nearly three hour length holy runtime batman batman added uh emphasis added by me um I was sitting in this theater being like, kind of like, oh, that's an interesting shot, but I don't really understand how this all fits into the thing. And I don't mean like, I didn't understand how the components fit into the story narrative, but more like, why is all this extra stuff in this film? Like, it just felt like set pieces. Hold on. It just felt like set pieces added to other set pieces added to set. Oh, now romantic kiss. Put that in there. Oh, because we've got this going on. Catwoman's going to use, you know, some cat skills, <laughs> mountains, cat skills. Uh, and just like set piece after set piece after set piece. So Robert Patterson, and then you can say your piece. Robert Patterson did a good job with his limited script, but it didn't really give him any where to go. Go ahead. Now go ahead. Cause I also have a better quote. That's going to really feed into just my whole perspective on this film. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, have you ever heard about, you know, the internet rabbit hole? Sure, yes. Because it just, it, it just seems like, because, come on, fucking the New York Post. You can find the Times. <laughs> like, you're just like, I'm just going to get this guy. <laughs> well, I use a bit of confirmation <laughs> bias. I, I find a quote that, like, mirrors what I think, and I'm like, okay, there's the quote I'm using, right? So Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. Um, but, yeah, like, I, to me, I think based off of like there's three in terms of mythology there's three kind of uh i'm gonna fuck i'm gonna just let my geek go fly go here. get your geek oh, freak okay. on buddy so you it's got a three safe technically space. it's a safe space for you well thank you uh so you got three technically um not adaptions but superman or sorry not even superman batman's kind of like comic book stories they're pulling off of you got batman the long halloween uh batman earth one and you got year two so in terms of that they're kind of mashing these stories together to you know you get a batman that's literally a year in so he's still a rookie he still doesn't have all the tech and he's really relying on his mind and you know somewhat skills to to get the job done uh, in terms of what you're saying on set pieces, I think the one thing I did appreciate with this, and we talked about it in terms of when we talked about Blue Velvet, was actually using the shadows and using the shadows well. Sure. Right? When, you know, they're coming out of the shadows, so you don't see anything, and all of a sudden they appear, right? Just with the reflection of the light. I thought that was done really well. And also when they did that especially with each bat reveal of him coming out of the shadows was using the sound where you heard those heavy boots first just clanking and clanking that 
you know, you kind was of it, was that a rejig of the Imperial March that was in Batman? Because it sounds a lot like the Imperial March from Star Wars. I thought it was Danny Elfman's Batman. Oh, maybe I'm that the scoring was good, and and I do want to talk uh. about the what you're talking about, but I do want to point out like the soundtrack, like the contemporary music was super cool. And the scoring was fantastic. Like the the music in this is is great. You'll definitely enjoy it as a listening experience. Um, I mean, the DOP is so the what you're talking about. That aesthetic is is that n- neo noir, right? Like that dark. Fucking stop saying that. Well, that's what it's called. That doesn't exist. I don't know. It doesn't exist. It's no. I'm saying so. First off, you're referring to neon noir, and I'm talking neo noir. So the okay, new yeah. noir. Neo noir. Yes. Okay. Um, this will say noir. Yes. It's it's well. It's not just noir. But anyway. Um, yeah, it's like super dark and stuff. Um, I mean, the DOP is Greg Frazier who like is up for an Oscar for Dune 2021. He also did Lion. He did Zero Dark 30, uh, Bright Star was his, which is Jane Champion, uh, which is, I mean, the power of the dog. Uh, and then he worked with Matt Reeves on Let Me In, uh, the remake of Don't Let Them In. The, the original Swedish version is much better of that film. Um, so it's got a great aesthetic and this is actually, so remember when we talked about Cherry? And I was like, there's a lot of like really interesting cinematography going on here, but it's almost like the cinematographer came out, showed up and was like, so I can give you like this shot or this shot. And they were just like, yes. And he was like, okay, well we can do this and we can do this. And they were like, yes. And it was like, sometimes it feels like a DOP run amok where it's like, oh, so there's that scene in the trailer with the like red phosphorus, um, what would you call that flare or whatever? And I'm like, oh man, I can't wait to see what scene that is. And then you see that scene in the movie and I go, the only reason he's fucking doing that is so that the DOP could have a cool red flare in dark silhouetted shot. Like there's no, cause in no, the movie, he basically remember. walks from, he's in the uh, stadium and he walks from like point A to point B near the end. And I'm like, he literally does not need to do that. Like there's other ambient light already in there. And he's just like, I'm going to use this fucking dope red flare and walk three meters. Um, I don't even want to get too much into the fucking plot hole of like the safest place in a flood is in the basement, like in the, in a, in a like hollowed air area of a fucking arena. That was just fucking stupid. I don't, I don't know, man. Like if I remember when you have a flood, you go up when you're in a tornado, you go down. (laughs) Yes. I no, no, I understand. But wasn't it with in new Orleans when the levees broke, wasn't the safe haven, the, the football stadium. That's yep. where but I don't think I don't I don't think the football stadium in New Orleans is down in what is it the French Quarter or not the French Quarter in like what is it like Ward Six or whatever? There were certain areas that are really close. I think the stadium's actually up out of the floodplain. Why Why would you build a flood a fucking stadium in a floodplain? Think about that, right? Like that's a fucking stupid architectural fucking decision, or from an engineering standpoint. Um, well, you can check out my other podcast, Engineering by Chris. Uh, that premieres on Wednesday. Uh, um, <laughs> oh my god! So okay, you're just trying I'm, to get rid of me already. Eh? Yeah, I, <laughs> you're like fuck. I, don't I have another enough. quote, and it's gonna it's gonna allow us to tie all of this all this stuff in all the conversation. Uh, <clears throat> so this quote is by uh, Michelle Winterburn. She's a war, an award winning actor in uh, the short film Unsolicited. <clears throat> things twilight and the new batman movie oh, have what? no no this doesn't fucking count <laughs> no 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 i'm gonna say my quote and then you can argue I, about it like after. i literally was zoned out like <laughs> fuck another fucking quote until you said like i'm like no 
I'm, I'm calling no on this. Okay, this let me say no. the quote. You can argue about that because I actually like the quote, and this is why I used uh, this award-winning actor who's in this fantastic film, Unsolicited. Uh, things Twilight and the new Batman have in common. One, it rains all the bloody time in both Forks and Gotham. Like an absurd amount of time. Every day. For days on end. Two, Robert Pattinson gives an excellent performance of a character whose entire personality is that of a sullen, moody, irritable teenager who experiences little to no character development. Three, no one in the theater laughed at any of the awkward jokes. Four, decent soundtrack. Bonus comment, the romantic chemistry in Twilight was at least sort of believable. I mean, I actually agree with all those points. I mean, if she wasn't so busy being like an actor in such a fantastic film like Unsolicited, I would probably just be like, yo, you should probably come on our show and and co-host with me because he definitely hits all the right marks. (laughs) Did you say he? I thought it was just she. She, 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 she. You know, I also pulled up a quote. from an award-winning actor <laughs> oh here we go in, in the same movie actually it's super weird unsolicited it's it's it's, it's yeah. i heard it is taking the film festivals by storm it is i, I believe i believe he was second billing uh, i won't say his name because you know he'll blush and get embarrassed yes, yes he'll say um i'm this one he's gonna give a can-can moment in terms of patterson he recently did an interview and do you know who he credited to him finally believing he was an actor us canada's own david cronenberg oh wow when he did when he did com cosmopolis oh i can't com- even pronounce is it that. Co- cosmopolis or something like that yeah co- cosmopolis that. or whatever yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. that's when a weird fucking movie i mean with- it's it's cronenberg it's gonna be fucking weird right so but yeah he goes that was that was the moment working with Cronenberg and Cronenberg's suggestion and the way he made him do range, uh, I guess, is what made him feel like he finally was an actor. So can can because, you know, Canadians can. Yes, they can get people out of Sully acting roles <laughs> based on your quote. But the other thing, I think when you're going in for popcorn and you're upset that you didn't get steak it's not on the film it's on you so you would be right the, it, it, go ahead finish your finish your no line. no so no, you, no, would, just, you would be right we'll just continue with the you'll be right and we're just going to end the conversation <laughs> right i feel like i was deceived i didn't go to see the nine hour upside down version of the fucking justice league you know what i mean i went to watch this like really dark and gritty Batman movie and I was like okay I mean we've seen Christopher Nolan do this really really well like the Dark Knight basically could be called like fucking crime movie it's like it's all it's it's crime yes. movie like the movie yeah, Heat yeah. you know what I mean this yeah and I think that is like to be honest I think the reason why this movie worked for me so much was I went in with no expectations lowered expectations no yeah, that's, expectations. that's your Saturday night right <laughs> that's every chick looking at your tinder profile like God oh, no fine, expectations <laughs> <laughs> but what I'm saying is um you know I didn't go in thinking it's gonna be Nolan I didn't go in thinking it's gonna be Burton since 1989 I've literally heard 
and every Batman film is we're now taking another you know, we're gonna another dark take on the Batman now an even darker take on the Batman now a super dark take on the Batman so do you really Pretty want soon. like a like a like a super bright rainbow take on the Batman now like yeah, just fucking flip it, the script it, it's called Batman the movie with Adam West <laughs> Because that guy runs around with a fucking giant bomb and he couldn't throw it. If you haven't seen it, that is a super light and awesome, funny film uh, for the Batman. But also what I'm saying is there's no (laughs) you going in and you probably the whole time are comparing it because of Nolan and your fascination with Nolan. You're probably like, fuck, Nolan would have done this. Nolan would have done that, uh, right? Well, and I also, when I go to a movie that we're going to review, I go in like a film critic, like I'm fucking supposed to. <laughs> See, and, and that's the difference, right? I go in and I just watch the film. I don't try to critique it. I let the film speak for itself. And let I think it wash over you. Casting, exactly. <laughs> like, in terms of casting, I think the cast did very well. Like, I know we're only talking about Patterson, but fucking you Colin got, Farrell you got like, Zoe Kravitz that guy disappears Paul Dano yeah 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 Let, let's let's just just briefly talk like it's the prosthetic was so good that it didn't look like prosthetics you know what I mean like no, he exactly. just became I, that character yeah I saw an interview he was doing and he was talking about like his first day on set with with the prosthetics that he came out and he walked and he walked past Jeffrey Wright said hi to him kept on walking Jeffrey Wright just looked at him not knowing who the fuck he was and then went to go talk to Matt Reeves like I think some guy just like walked on the set like trying to get him kicked off the set that's hilarious man you know what (laughs) been awesome is if Colin Farrell just like let it happen like just let security come and like fucking escort him out the fucking door and be like you can't do this to me don't you know who I am (laughs) no right (laughs) (laughs) but but yeah, I, like he totally disappeared and I can see why now they're, you know, in in the multimedia market where you got to feed HBO Max as well, that he now is going to have his own HBO Max show as the Penguin. I think he makes it, he so, made a good Penguin. I mean, Danny DeVito is, it's sort of like Danny DeVito Penguin is what uh, the Jack Nicholson Joker is to like the Heath Ledger. You know what I mean? They're both good. They're both really great. They're just very different. You know what I mean? Yeah, except, you know, the Danny DeVito penguin was a lot more perverted. (laughs) Like, just remember, in Batman Returns, he literally said he was going to eat out his secretary on the desk. And then they sold McDonald's toys of this movie. (laughs) Just remember that, people. There's no McDonald's toys of this movie. I don't at least I don't think so. (laughs) I'm too old to go to McDonald's. Do you like to eat out? Well, you can eat out at McDonald's. No, no, it doesn't work. Oh, well, you like it. Um, <laughs> it's all over my face. Yeah, like Paul Dano as the Riddler. I, I do like this take, right? Like, it's a lot. More well, I mean, what do you have to compare it to? Jim like Jim Carrey? Like, I yeah. like Jim Carrey, but like not his finest moment. You know what I mean? Really? You know, I don't know. But, um, but <laughs> yeah, he's not taking over the world with tv sets but yeah like i think in terms of what it is it leads enough that i think what matt reeves did and i know you're talking about you know the bad writing i think 
it it does enough that this is technically one of the better comic book movies in okay. which if you think of it as a comic book you can read it's a it's a one and done but it leaves just enough that if you want to come back next month and read the next the next story you can right you got the the joker cameo you got the hush reference uh so you, they lead enough of an, an enough other batman villains in this one that you know it can continue and obviously it's going to continue like this movie is fucking dropping all the money everybody's dropping money on this film that and i think it's going to continue i think it'll win the next two weeks at the box office because it doesn't really have much competition yeah what i've got right now it's got a 200 million dollar budget and uh it's done 600 million that's kind of like some rough numbers and like you said it's there's nothing else there to stop it so i mean do you think do you do you think it adds another four you think it do you think it becomes a b i don't think it needs to that's the problem well i mean trust me they'll take the money do you think it will that's my question no no you don't think it'll break a billion no because i think like I said, this is, I think WB, like Warner Brothers, I think they're very adamant they're sticking to the 45-day window. Oh, okay. So I think in 45, well, probably by the middle of next month, uh, that's what I'm saying, like the next two weeks, it'll probably be on HBO Max, and which will take away that kind of revenue. But, but I think, but they've made their money. They're happy. They've got a franchise set oh, up. They've made it. Yeah, they made they they've already made like three to four times that amount. And I think there's still parts of Europe where, you know, it still hasn't even opened. So like, the, like Russia inter- and China. Um. So I think those two might get it close to a billion. But I think it's one of those things that if they're able to to do it in which this would be the first time i know uh ron howard it was his whole plan for the dark tower was you have a movie you have a tv show they intersect then you go back to the movie um they might be able to pull this off with this batman franchise right just in this tiny little world right where you don't need another justice league it's not interconnected with anything and it's just going to really feed itself, especially if, you know, the Penguin show ends up being as good a quality because you can have technically a fucking Scarface, an eight episode Scarface. But instead of Al Pacino, you have the Penguin taking over these two mob mob cities that they kind of opened up in, in this film. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely interesting stuff there. Like, I mean, the the connection between the Waynes and the um arkham's and all that like again i i don't know for me it was really like long it seemed kind of pointless batman seemed to be showing up and leaving there was a lot of shots of batman showing up and leaving scenes and not so much in the scene i was like the fuck is going on here it's like a lot and again if you if you're if you're listening at home just picture something framed with light and a lot of standing walking into the frame and standing there 
and then standing there and leaving the frame. Like, yes, it's I like, understand what it's you're like saying. When, but... when you edit a film, you often get like when you're doing like it makes me think of like a self tape where you sometimes walk into the frame on the camera, you get yourself ready, you do your thing. Then you walk back out and you turn off the camera. It's like they took out the middle part that you're supposed to send to the casting director and they took the front part and the back part and they put it together and they sent that to the casting director. So No, no, I get what you're saying, but I think I know you were talking about the writing, but I think the one thing they did was they really explained why he did that, like why he's just kind of standing there. In, in scenes when because he's technically recording everything right with mm. his little eye camera um if you liked batman begins you'll like batman shows up and batman leaves <laughs> the the one thing i kind of like just off kind of thing like did you see how like in this film like in every batman film how everybody is like cool with this grown man dressed in a bat costume like the cops like he comes in he does his little investigations they're all like kind of looking at him walking around like i kind of want to see you know the the origin story of the cops who literally just see this grown man in a bat costume and they and tase him them. <laughs> piss themselves laughing so much like what the fuck is going on i feel like that's something that already exists on like college humor like that that 100 percent already must exist you know what i mean no i don't think it does um, but i think we just came up with our next short film there we go uh <laughs> what uh how did you like zoe kravitz as uh you know catwoman you know what i thought she did an awesome job right and you know, going back to checking how she auditioned for Nolan and was told she was too urban to have the part. Are you, is that, is that a fucking, is that a fact? That is like, yeah. that is a known fact. Yeah. Yeah. Who, she who even said mentioned that it. Nolan or the casting director. Cause if it's well, the casting director, somebody well, needs to get fired fast. Well, I'm assuming Nolan probably had final fucking cut on who he was casting. Wow, too right. urban, too urban. Well, I'm glad. I mean, what Halle Berry had already been Catwoman by this point. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that movie counts though. <laughs> right? Like, I don't think I even think Halle counts Berry now. counts that movie. <laughs> well, she does. She was. She's like the only fucking person that actually showed up at the Razzies to accept. Which is class, by the way. I think if you ever win a Razzie, you fucking get in your tuxedo and you go down there and you thank the Academy or whoever, the Razzamatomy or whoever the fucking hands them out and you just do the whole thing. I I will take a Razzie. I am more than happy to to get a Razzie. So, um, But yeah, so yeah, I think she did really good. And I think, you know, her her story arc kind of you know, you've set her up as an anti-hero, right? Sure. Like she, but I mean, that character is an anti-hero. I guess, it, I guess, I mean, sometimes it's a, the Catwoman's a straight criminal, but it seems recently it's been an anti-hero. Yeah. Like, I, I uh, like, yeah, I'm thinking about all the air, all the actresses that played her, right? Like, the only one that she was straight up villain was in the Adam West 1960, yeah. whatever. Right, like even Michelle Pfeiffer, yeah, she she was the anti right because she was wronged by him and you know killed, and she was trying to avenge that. But do you know yeah, that she they, was she got she was actually better with her whip than the person hired to train her with her whip. By the end, she like was she practiced so much she was like a fucking master whipper. 
Supposed to a masturbator. Um, oh, I was going to say, who's her husband again? David E. <laughs> David e. Kelly, right? Good uh, for him. Anyway, Good for him. Those are some red room nights. Those are some red room nights. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, the critics, the critics gave it 85. That's solid. Audience, 88. Solid. I mean, we'll see if those numbers change. Um, yeah. Again, I say uh, if you're if, if you're a fan of the bat, wait till it comes home uh, on HBO Max or a streaming service. You don't have to watch it in the theater. Again, the cinematography is nice, but I, you're, you're going to be fucking bored. Uh, that's my take. What about you, Scott? You can and then you can take us out. Yeah, I think um, a year from now, we're going to, when we're doing our Oscar predictions, you know, when they have this movie down for best film and best director, then Chris has to really, I guarantee, I'm fucking calling it now. I guarantee it will happen. Okay, put the, fuck that. I'm going to say this then. What's the guarantee? What, call it and then take us out and we'll get into our post show. I just said, like, I guarantee this film is going to get nominated for Best Picture and Best Director and most likely Best Cinematography. Calling it now. And if I'm right, you do an episode naked. Get those push-ups right. I'm trying to make you laugh and it's not working. And that is our wrap for the day. Please like and subscribe to this podcast. Tell your friends. If you want to get a hold of us, reach us at the www.howdyoulikethatmovie.com. How the fuck do you use Michelle's fucking quote? Like, isn't that awesome? It's not fucking awesome. <laughs> You're just mad I didn't use one of your quotes. No, you I would have been I don't all do about it if it was a fucking. So, uh, Scott Vega, a uh, world renowned actor in a short film, uh, Unsolicited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that much I don't know. Production by Rod Shaver, Fader Monkey Productions.